I don't know about you, when I'm looking for a plumber, I like to read my reviews. HomeAdvisor.com gave me some reviews on our sponsor, Art of Plumbing. Called them. They arrived on time. Immediately found the plumbing issue and fixed it right the first time. I called them last year and it was great. I called them again this year because I had a problem again. They came out, they fixed the problem. They even gave me solutions to help stop the problem in the future at 541-9405. Welcome in Southern People's Shoes. As you know, I'm your host, Neil Matthews. Want to say thank you so much for joining us today. We're super excited about today's episode. Before we get into it though, I want to set the table for you. And hopefully you can take in this air that we're breathing now. We are in our sixth season and you better believe it. We are on the lookout for joy because we are so excited about this season. Here's what it's going to involve. We're going to be sitting down with people who have a significant event in their mind, a date that stands out, a benchmark, a place where they're just like, you know what? I can remember that moment. Here's the date of when that happened. And Garrett and I believe that there is a date in everyone's mind and in everyone's story. And we cannot wait to tell that. Hopefully you'll join us this season as we begin season six of Other People's Shoes of What Happened When. Hey, come take a walk with me. Not like you used to do something different. Put yourself in other people's shoes. Open up your Welcome into Other People's Shoes. As you know, I'm your host, Neil Matthews. Want to thank you again for joining us today. Super excited to get to our guest. I don't know about you. Have you ever been in that moment where you're stuck? You're stuck right where you are. Maybe it was that roadside moment, right? Where you ran out of gas because you should have hit the gas station, but you went down the road anyway and you ran out of gas. Or maybe that moment where you were in that dark place where you thought there's no way I'm ever going to get out of this hole that I'm in. Well, help me welcome in my next guest. He is a brand new author. We're super excited. His book is available now. So we're going to hear more about that momentarily, but help me welcome in my guest. He is a Instagram just blowing up over there. He's on Facebook. He's on YouTube. He's doing all these amazing things, and he wants to help you with your start where you are now. Help me welcome in my guest, Rashawn Copeland. Rashawn, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing, man? Neil, how are you doing? Good, man. Where are you at? Because I, you know, I, I've, I've heard you're all over the place. So where did we pinpoint <laughs> you today? Today, I'm right here in the buckle of the Bible Belt, uh, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Well, I guess Dallas would be the buckle. We're a little bit up north. But you're in like Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma. That's awesome. So here's the thing. I dream of, with the show, right, having 50, at least 50 people on from every state. Wow. So we can really? now, yeah. So we can now cross off Oklahoma, which I'm really excited about. Sweet. How have you had anyone from, uh, I'm guessing you've had a lot of people from yes. Oregon, huh? We've had okay, Oregon sweet. does dominate for sure. Uh, so Oregon, <laughs> uh, I mean, I could go through all the States, but nobody wants, nobody wants to sit <laughs> yeah. here and listen to all the States <laughs> being named off, but we did get to go out to Carolina recently. And, uh, and I was excited about that cause I am a huge University of North Carolina fans. So it was kind of cool to I, virtually, you know, go to go to Carolina. So that was fun. Love it. I, yeah, the Carolinas are beautiful. I almost had told my wife that we're going to pack up and leave and go there. We have a lot of friends out there that beloved friends. We love that place. Yeah, I have never been to Oklahoma or Oklahoma City. 
So, but when I think of Oklahoma, there's two things that come to mind, right? So there's, oh, Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down yeah. the plain. <laughs> that was it. That's all you get. That's all I know. Love it. <laughs> and, then, and then I kind of get a little sad when I think of Oklahoma City. You know, really? I, I think of what happened, you know, with the, with the, with the mm-hmm. building there, right? Wow. Yeah. And the, the Oklahoma City bombing. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I think about that. And, and when I think of Oklahoma, I, I think of those two things. And, you know, if I'm going to go sports related, you know, I also think of, you know, Kevin Durant. So, you know, we got that going. That, I, I, I try to get a little positive there because, you know, we're talking there about we Oklahoma go. City. We got to talk about KD and... Yeah. So, and of course, Blake, Blake Griffin being uh, Oklahoma Sooner, he was there too. By the way, we beat you in that tournament game. I just want to put that out there, Carolina. Oh, but you know, oh, that's right. Yeah, you know Griffin's from Oklahoma though, right? I that's did. Right. No, okay, I did. Good. No, I did. Damn. Yeah, we, we beat you in the okay. tournament that year. In fact, he dunks in the game, and he hit his head on the on the lower part of the backboard, and everybody's like, oh, look at that sick oh. dunk. I'm like, yeah, but look at the scoreboard. I'm just saying, look at the scoreboard. Yeah. Woo. So, there Man, we go. Okay, well, you got us there. Yeah. We, you got us there. But Boomer Sooners are better than the Oregon Ducks, so. Uh, that's fine. That's Oklahoma, okay. That's okay. University of Oklahoma. Yeah, that's all right. You can have that. <laughs> okay. That's fine. I'm not really a duck, so that's fine, though. So, okay. so back to you, because I'm sure people didn't come to hear us, like, debate sports stuff, right? I'm, I'm sure that's not what they, they came to, to hear today. So I'm, you, you you are a fascinating uh, man to me, and, and there's a couple of reasons why you're fascinating to me. One, because I think you have a voice and a message that I think people need to hear, right? And I think mm. it's one of these voices that maybe – needs to become elevated and not that you personally need to be elevated by no means, but your voice and your message in my mind needs to be amplified and elevated. So will you talk about that for, for a quick second, but before we get there, so ponder that, put a pin in that. We got to know this, of course, the most important question that any interviewer will ever ask you. And that's this Rashard, what size shoes do you wear? Man, great question. Uh, 11 and a half, my man. They they out there. If I cut my toenails, it's probably, no, just land 11 and a half. And now we're in Richard's shoes. I love that. I love that a lot. And so we got 11 and a half. That's a, that's a big size for us, but we're, we're okay with that. And then is there a style or brand that you prefer more than another? You know what? I don't know why, but Pumas are growing on me. A lot of people say Pumas are out of style, but I'm a Chuck Taylor and a Puma fan. We've never had anyone wear Pumas. So you're also setting some precedent. The Oklahoma nice. thing and now the Puma thing. So So that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I I know they're classics, old school, you know, 60s, 70s, but man, I love them. That's awesome. So so back to this. Why why do you feel like your message is so important and, and that message like I was alluding to needs to be elevated so much? Well, I think well the my message is to point people to the Messiah. So like I I've lived such a messy life and been a broken man all my life in need of a savior and and God, he met me where I was. And I feel like there's people who are, they're basically in a predicament. They're, they're that Rashawn uh, that didn't know 
that there's a God who's merciful and that will meet them in their mess and, you know, and lead them out of it. And, you know, while he's leading them out of it, loving them out of it. So I, I didn't know that this God was a God who loved me for, you know, me, but he showed it through his son and what he did for us, you know, on that cross. And I always thought that it was some far off God, you know? So I just, I feel it's so important because my message is essentially God's message and, you know, to make a greater story for the people who are listening. Well, I appreciate that too. And I guess for me, when I think about our life, right, and you think about uh-huh. your life, maybe you're in this uh, category, I think you are, because uh, most of us are, is there a significant date in your mind that you're really like, man, that changed everything? Is there a specific date that comes to mind for you? You know, here here's the, the day that stands out to me. It was December 29, 2004, and that was the day I was shot down. Boom, 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 and left for dead. And I'll never forget it. But there was another day that stood out for me, June 25th, 2016. The time when I was out in Los Angeles and I once had sat in this room holding a gun uh, in my mouth. And, you know, despite the money, despite the romantic relationship, you know, I had, you know, the girl that was at USC in law school. But on the side, I had a side chick, you know, that I was, you know, pursuing. I was a hedonist. I was indulging myself in anything and everything that was temporal, you know, porn, sex, whatever, you know, the flashy lifestyle that others envied. I had like all this stuff happening for me, but despite the outside success, I was miserable on the inside. And and God like literally met me when, you know, I was on the verge of suicide and that sort of brought a revival in me, the, the way he met me, which I can get into more, but yeah, he met. He literally met me in my darkest place, in my deepest wound, and it. The glory of God dazzled me, and it changed everything. It's, are the master over those monuments? Yeah, for sure. No, and and I get that completely. And I I think there is, uh, again, this is just me. And and again, maybe I'm I'm just way off base here, but I think for me. When you think about a moment, right, you uh-huh. can put yourself back into that moment. Yeah. Not that you dwell there, not that you, you know, waller sure. there, or not that you just, you know, whatever, but but that moment that you can go back to, and, and again, go back to that calendar moment and go, man, back in this date, on this date, mm. you know, I, I can tell you exactly where I was when Kevin Durant got drafted. You know why? Wow. Cause that's the day my daughter was born that Kevin Durant got drafted. That's dude, you're gifted because <laughs> you're very gift. Like that's amazing, bro. Like I can't even, <laughs> I remember the day my son was born, but I can't directly associate that with anything right now. <laughs> well, because what I'm trying to see, what I, yeah. And it's, it's cool, man. We're, we're good. We're good. I, uh, I feel like I'm beating you up a little good. bit, but no, I love that. But, okay. But what I, I guess, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that for me, and, the, and again, the only reason why I remember the day Kevin Durant got drafted is because it's the day my daughter was born. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife was, was, we were still in the hospital, right? So she's, you know, my daughter's born at like, 
you know, two fifty four in the afternoon. And, and so we're still in the hospital. And so of course there's nothing to do. I, I can't really go anywhere. I'm not going to just bail. Right. Exactly. You know, as a dad, I want to, I want to take in every precious moment of this, of this birth. Right. Yeah. So my wife's laying there in the bed and she doesn't have control over the remote. Cause she's, you know, she just gave birth. So she's, she's resting and, and kind of, you know, taking in being a mom now. And yeah, and so of course I turn on ESPN and, Lo and behold, the NBA draft's going on, and I see Greg Oden, you know, talking about the Blazers, you know, getting drafted by, you know, Portland number one, and, and Durant goes number two, and I only remember that, again, the only reason why I have a pinprick, if you will, or a pinpoint there is wow. because my daughter was born that day. So that's the only reason. I, I'm not like, you know, and I'm not even like a huge Durant fan. I, I say that just yeah. to say, but I can remember that specific event because of that date, if that makes sense. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Now, now you better go down and watch him play. Have you seen him play in person yet? I have never seen Durant okay. play in person. No, I have not. Got it. Okay, cool, bro. Cool. It, it, it's worth it a little bit. You know, he good. <laughs> that that book came out and you saw your name in print maybe for the first time and you're like, man, look at this creation that wasn't there before, much like maybe you did with your kids, right? Yeah. Look at what I've created. Hello, holding them, the joys, the tears, I'm sure that came perhaps. But is there that moment you had with your book? Do you remember that moment? Yes, yes. So actually, I literally haven't felt a real physical copy of my book yet. I mean, I've had the ARC, sort of the advanced reader copies and mock drafts of it. But the release date is actually September 1st, but it's out for pre-order now called Start Where You Are. But I remember, you know, just thinking this is a lot like the process my wife went through as far as publishing a book. You know, you're sort of you conceive it as an idea and that idea turns into an item, but it takes a process of nine months or however long uh, to birth it. And I still haven't seen the baby come out yet, if, if, if you know what I mean. Uh, and, but here's one thing that I do know is that, uh, um, I truly believe, uh, God will use it because it's just a, a message I feel like is a life message for me, uh, used to point people to him, uh, and, and yeah, bro. So that, that's my sort of perspective on that. And I'm excited about it because, you know, I get into like how there's no resumes that are ever too bad for God. You know, if you look all throughout the scriptures, he hires unlikely people to do his work and 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 pretty much, you know, everyone, especially like Apostle Paul, David, whoever they were, wherever they were, you know, they were in need uh, of a miraculous God and and they he met them there. So and I believe that's the story for all of us. That's why I love your podcast, bro, as far as like, you know, getting in other people's shoes. Like, how can we ever know, you know, man, like as far as the stories and everything are phenomenal, you know, in the theme of it, like we all have our own stories, like he uses the unlikely to do the unimaginable right? As he works in our lives. So I just love it, man. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that tremendously. Obviously we, we love doing it. And, and if we, if we didn't, yeah. love doing it, we probably wouldn't be doing it. Right. And so that's, that's kind of where it's at too. Right. But this idea of, you know, birthing something, you know, that wasn't there before. I, I love what you said, you know, on that, that, that was awesome. I followed you on that hundred percent, but I go back yeah. to this idea, right? Where, where does it come from? Where does your idea come from to say, you know, 
I need to do this. This message needs to get out. Where does that all kind of resonate from? And, and where does that come from? I mean, when you talk about going from this crazy lifestyle of, yeah. of prodigal living, the Bible would maybe call it, and maybe you would call it that as well, to now, to where you are now, that fast forward, that transformation, that metamorphosis, if you will, where does all of that like come from? Bro, great question. As I go back through the corridors of history, and I look at all the misery of my life and also the the amazing things that were happening throughout my life, throughout every single like area, facet of my life, God met me there like literally as an 11-year-old boy that was just sexually abused. He met me there. You know, he used like a teacher uh, to, to speak into my life uh, and point me, you know, one to the scriptures, but also pray over me during that time when I was shot down as a 17 year old boy who was a college future college athlete that was about to sign my letter of intent a day before I was gunned down left for dead I mean I'm out you know I was trying to defend the honor of a young girl that I was dating and literally was at the wrong place right time with you know her ex-boyfriend showing up and, and and God met me there. You know, my coaches weren't there. My parents weren't there. My friends weren't there. But but God met me right where I was in the middle of my mess. And, and you know, and not only that, he, he saved me, you know, and I had to call out to the Lord a lot like David in the book of Psalms. I cry out to the Lord and he heard my cry. He, 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 he set my foot upon a rock, gave me a firm place to stand like he literally all throughout the scriptures. He's showing his testimony and his goodness uh, through, you know, the people of the Bible, but also in our own lives, whatever suffering anyone's listening is going through right now, you know, God can turn those, that suffering into songs of joy, even amid the suffering. And I want to speak that over someone out there today, bro. And even you, like he, he, he transforms the unlikely man, you know, and, and I, I just, I'm blown away by how faithful he's been in my life. And I can't help but to share it. Um, and there's many more experiences down the line, but yeah, going all the way up to the point where I was out in LA, just like you were saying, had a house in the valley, you know, a G wagon, uh, sort of what you would think would quote unquote be success, you know, plenty of money in the account, but I was spiritually bankrupt. I was dead in my sins and far from him. I was a hedonist, man. I disregarded God. Everything was like life is short. YOLO, you know, live, live it up now, you know, do what feels good now. Um, and yeah, and God sort of let me go on my sinful way. And then eventually by the grace of God, he, 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 he grabbed me, uh, but he grabbed me. Yeah. Later, thankfully. And I've been clinging on ever since then. Once I was sorrowful for my sins, I repented, turned to him and gave my life to Christ and I was born again, man, and and now I can just share. <laughs> I can share what He's done for me, uh, and pray that someone else can experience that that love of the Father and know Him and seek Him, and and be changed by Him forever. Not only now for all eternity, a fuller, richer life. So, yeah. So can we can we go back to that day? Uh huh. When you were gunned down, do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So so. Let me yeah. let me ask, let me ask some questions around that. So you say you're you're defending a girl's honor, right? The girl you're dating, her ex boyfriend shows up, uh huh, and and essentially starts shooting. Is that kind of how that goes? 
Yes. So literally we're, it was fresh after, you know, uh, we had just went to a game and then we, we were getting ready to go to a movie, but in between the movie, we did like a little, I I think it was some, we got Sonics or something and we went over to a park and we hung out, had our little slushies and we're listening to this. Actually, it was a rap song by this rapper named 50 cent. You know, I was a prideful, egotistical, uh, you know, again, high school football player with this quote unquote, I would say was one of, in my eyes, was one of the prettiest girls in the school. Like I had it all together. My ego was not my amigo, by the way. But as we're sitting in this car and, you know, we're sort of hanging, her phone begins to go off. Then all of a sudden I reach over being that prideful, egotistical high school football star, future college football player. I grab her phone and I answer, hello? And then all of a sudden, the guy goes, hey, yo, why you with my girl? Why you with my girl? And then I was like, hold on. This is my girl. And like I, we started going back and forth. And I started, you know, basically fighting over the phone. And uh, here goes where wisdom basically goes out the door. And the fool, Rashawn, uh, unbeknown to me, you know, giving him the address, you know, right to where I was because of the, you know, the, the, the reaction, you know, I was just like, come, let's fight. Then I gave him the exact address where we were. It was at a park that was very popular. And then all of a sudden, about 10 minutes later, you hear this car or this van pill in and they pull up five guys jump out. I'm not talking about burgers, but, you know, they start walking towards us. We start walking towards them. They start walking towards us. And I tell the girl, just, yeah, sit in the car. And all of a sudden, I get about seven steps away. He pulls out a pistol. He reaches for his race man, pull out a pistol. He waves it in the air. I turn and I run. I slip and I fall. His boys ran. And I'm looking up. He's pointing down. Boom. Boom. Two gunshots. I had just been shot. Uh, and then they uh, ran over to the car and peeled out. I was scared out of my mind. Uh, I got up and I ran. My heart was beating out of my chest. I was uh, losing losing consciousness. And I remember diving over to the left side of the car, trying to flee any bullets. They would try to s- spray my way again because uh, I didn't want to literally uh, have them in my life in that moment, which, you know, it was a, just a scary moment, man. It was really dark and cold that night. And as I'm at the left side of the car near the passenger door, I look up and the girl's gone, you know, no girl anymore. And I'm just on the ground in a warm pool of blood. And that was the moment I just was like, I'm done. I I was like, I don't want to die here. Uh, Am I going to live? I had many questions going through my head. Like, did I live or did I just live for everyone else, for my coaches, for my parents, for the girl, for you know, I never got to live out God's purpose for my life. And those little thoughts began to go through my mind. But more importantly, I was like, what's going to happen if I do pass away? I'm going to have to stand before a holy God. Yeah, loving, good, omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing, all-seeing God who is infinite in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. But he's also a holy and just God that I'm going to have to give an account for, especially if he doesn't see his, see me through the lens of his son's sacrifice. So, like, there was... There were things that I would hear as a young child. There was a heaven and hell, smoking or non-smoking, you know, and I would have to go to one. And in those moments, I was thinking through that. But by the grace of God, here's what happened. Here was amazing. 
you know, after I sincerely cried out with all of my heart, I had nothing to hold back anymore in that moment. He sent a man, which I call or consider an angel to this day, um, to pick me up uh, and take me to the hospital. And it took about 20 minutes. I lost a lot of blood when I got there. The uh, the nurses and, you know, the doc said I shouldn't have even lived because I lost so much. And it was almost close to my artery in the back of my leg. Um, one of the bullets. And then the guy who had took me, you know, his shirt was wide, but it was raining red that night. And it reminded me of the Lord's sacrifice uh, for me, man, on that tree. And it's it just it just it was just a, a heavy night, bro. And I'll never forget that. Um, but, yeah, it was just so it was a def, def, although it was a terrible experience it ultimately pointed me back uh, to one, the brevity of life, but also Jesus's sacrifice uh, for me. Uh, and that, that's why I, I love the nurse that was there. She was a Christian lady and she wrote me a little ne- note uh, that said, uh, God has sought you. Uh, so seek him or something like that. Or, or something like she had wrote a little note, like he's he sought you out or something, and I'll never forget that. So I do remember that moment as well, uh, was pivotal for me. But it was really tough seeing all the fame, quote unquote, the high school football fame. Like I was getting ready to sign the University of Nebraska to play under Coach Callahan, and I all my scholarships got stripped. The girl, I never seen her again after that. She up and transferred when her parents found out. The guy went to prison. Uh, my friends who were my friends didn't show up, you know, to visit me at my home when I was out of school at that time. It was just a good time for me to really, yeah, get things back in a proper perspective and, and, and seek the Lord. And it, it, that was a defining moment for sure, bro. First off, thanks for sharing that, man. That's, that's tough. So, so where does he help me out? So you're laying on the ground. Right. He's standing uh-huh. over you. Where does he, where do the bullets go into you at? Where on your body? So love that. Great question. So what I did, I was actually, I reacted. Uh, and I'm thankful that sort of that adrenaline rush, I threw my legs up really fast, fast as I could. As my back had hit the ground after slipping up on the uh, gravel. Uh, but as I'm pulling my legs up, like sort of like an some weird exercise or something. He, he points the gun down. It would look like he was shooting right towards my chest area. But for some reason, when he shot, he flicked the gun up and it, it went because it was a 380 and it, it went uh, through my leg. So it went through the back of my hamstring in the back of my knee. So but it all was flesh. It didn't hit any. Uh, it all would hit muscle by the grace of God versus, uh, versus like bone or, or, uh, arteries or any of that, or even, I don't even think it affected any, uh, it may affect some of my nerves, but it was just, man, it was literally God's grace. I think it was all hamstring, bro. Yeah. Uh, so, the, yeah. Good thing he wasn't uh, a good shot. I mean, I, I'm not trying yeah, to make light of the boy. situation by any means, but but maybe even the yeah. recoil, maybe he wasn't used to that, and the the recoil of the the weapon, True. maybe that led to him maybe misfiring or maybe not hitting uh, your 
targeted mass, I believe is, is the, uh, the term some would use. Yes. So, so going back to that, how, how old were you when that took place? I was 17 years old, brother, close to 18. Yeah. Okay. So you're 17 years old. You're on your way to Nebraska essentially. Right. I mean, yeah. virtually, I mean, you're, you're like uh-huh. days away from being a Cornhusker, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. So then fast forward to then you're in LA and, and what was the turning point there that you're like, you know what? And, and, and that's what I'm, I guess I'm trying to figure out this, this, uh, trajectory of your life or this, uh, spectrum, right? Where at 17, you're crying out to God going, man, you saved me for something that yeah. to me would be the greatest wake up call ever. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, again, just me being you, like if I'm in your shoes in this moment, which we are right, we're, we're in those Pumas, yeah. right? Slipping or not, right? Yes. I'm sir. thinking, man, that would have been the wake up call. I don't think I would have ever done another bad thing in my life. I don't think I would have ever sped. I don't think I would have ever, you know, cheated on a girl. I don't think I would have oh. ever, you know, I would never have done any of that. But, but you say that was this amazing wake up call. But then you're out in L.A. being, you know, the next yeah. rap star. So, so we're we're what happened. Love, love, man. So here, here's what happened, bro. There's so many years. So I was trying me trying to pull it off with my own power instead of relying on God's grace to change me from the inside out. So after, you know, I had been shot down, I turned into like this rock stacking sort of like legalist in a way. Like I was like, I have to have all my ducks in a row. Like I have to measure my merits. I have to, I have to reimburse God for what he's done for me. And it got so burdensome that I gave up uh, one because I didn't have other believers around me. I still had, you know, after I healed and, you know, I end up signing to a junior college after that. And when you get around even, you know, just people, God sort of put me in a predicament where I was with a ton of different athletes from inner cities and different areas that have been through a lot of mess. But in a way I sort of used that pain to provoke pride in me in a way, because I would share, yeah, I was shot down, gunned down and, you know, just to make me look good in front of different athletes, which was sickening, you know, knowing that the grace of God saved me from that for, for good, what the enemy intends for evil, God means for good. But the enemy was trying to get me to use that for evil, which was really weird. Uh, but I just didn't have, you know, a Bible that I delighted in. Like I, it was more like a duty to me for a long time because I just didn't understand it. I didn't have people pouring into me. I wasn't being discipled, but here's fast forward, bro. So after junior in college, I go back into, I signed to the university of Kansas. I'm back on the stage again, quote unquote, you know, at a very, uh, juggernaut style school when it comes to sports especially basketball really but uh i started getting around you know women again and i started getting around you know guys uh just indulging again and things like that drugs uh was with drug dealers again like it was really crazy prodigal boy but fast forward uh, i straightened up a little bit when i had a kid by one of my friends i you know sex out of marriage and we end up having a kid and what ended up happening is I had to get my quote unquote life together. Once, you know, you give birth to a baby, you know, those responsibilities, but also this, you know, you want to have the ability to respond in a way that is going to be beneficial for your kid. It ain't about me anymore. 
but still it wasn't about God. So what I ended up doing is commissioning to the Army. I went into ROTC, became a first lieutenant in the Army, uh, went to Army Medical School in San Antonio. After finishing Army Medical School, my cousin, I had found out my cousin was doing some phenomenal things out in Los Angeles. Like he was in the movie American Reunion. That's the second American Pie movie. Uh, and he was the only like black guy, quote unquote, in there. And I was like, wow. So comparison and discontentment sort of drove me to go out there and pursue my own dreams. And I was like, if my cousin is out there doing it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out there. I don't want to be doing a nine to five and working under the hands of the government, even though I love, you know, our service members. I proudly served for nine years, you know, but I was just like, I want to live the dream, the dream life. You know, that's the banner that our generation has been wearing for many years. Like the millennials is go after it and things like that. So uh, when I got there, I ended up connecting with a guy that I knew uh, who was a rap artist out there, but also a lot of Viners. I got really big on social media. My platforms began to explode and I had an opportunity to sign with the agency in New York called the Fabrizio Agency, which was Soldier Boy's agency. Uh, and they connected me to Soldier Boy. Um, and I, I began to work with him. And then from there, within a two to three years, you know, everything's exploding, but I'm the I'm the being depleted from the inside out. And 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 then I got down to this this moment where it was just like, um, God spoke to me clearly, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but yet lose his soul? You know, and uh I came across the words of Jesus, he that wants to keep his life must lose it, but he that loses his life for my name's sake will gain it. And I, I began to have all these questions like, how can I get here? How can I get there? So yeah, man, and, and that's sort of how it came about, Neil. Well, first off, I appreciate that. Thank you. Cause I'm I'm trying to find this you know the dots. Do you do you remember yeah. you remember dot to dot as a kid? You ever played with those books? Yeah, you had to go like one to two to three, you know, and whatever. Uh, I hated uh -huh. those. It was too structured <laughs> for me. I just, I just was never a fan of those. But but I'm trying to figure this out too. Any even going back a little ways, right? You talk about being sexually abused at 11, right? And and yeah. you praying in that moment. Like first off, that's that's horrific. Nobody should ever yeah. have to endure that. But that should have set you up in 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 my thinking, and maybe this is wrong thinking, I don't know, but that should have immediately set you up for self-esteem issues. Mm, right? Surely. surely. Lear learning to hide, learning to keep secrets, learning to what someone was doing to you was wrong. Uh, obviously that was wrong and it is wrong, but taking away your innocence, taking away maybe your view of sexuality, maybe your view of women, maybe your view. Yeah. And again, we don't need to go down that road of, of what they did to you and, 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 and all that. That's that. That's not what I'm trying to illustrate here. But, but from 11, then you you somehow figure out that you're really good at football. Yes. And, and that's feeding the ego, right? Yep. You're like, mm -hmm. I no longer have to be ashamed of who I am because now everyone loves me. But it's almost Ooh. like an abuse situation because you're abusing the fact of people's praise and people's adoration and people's, you know, affection towards you, right? Yes. Am I following that? Right okay. on, right on. All right. And then the college thing, or, or you know, and, and then you have college scouts, I'm guessing, looking at you because if Nebraska is looking at you, I'm sure there's other oh, Division yeah. One schools looking at you. 
you know, I mean, Nebraska is not the only one that can scout. I mean, others can as well. So I'm guessing that there's some fame, there's some accolade, but it's all a mask. It's all a charade. If I'm, if I'm wrong here, obviously correct me. And then you go out to LA because you're jealous. Maybe that's what I hear in that, by the way, maybe that was yes. wrong, yes, but I hear 100%. you in, okay. I hear you saying, you know, my cousin's out there. Well, my cousin can do it. I can do it. Cause I'm better than my cousin. Gosh, look at me. Mm. Look at Richard. Look at, look at how great I am. Right. Do you know who I am? Nebraska yeah. wanted me. Do you, do you know who I am? University of Oregon maybe wanted me. I don't know. Yeah. But, but you hear what I'm saying in that? Yeah, for sure. So, so my, probably... my, my question is, Knowing all of that, knowing all that that happened to you, how on earth, how on earth do you feel in any way that you're worthy of God's love? Because really, you've denied him and denied him and denied him and denied him. Why should he continue to love you? Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And I still question, that's why I'm dazzled by by his unrelenting love and and. and like and here's the thing it's painted all throughout the scriptures it's not because of my, my like what i've done my merit is like jesus didn't die for the perfect version of me he jesus died he said explicitly you know he did not come for the righteous people but those who are sick and need a doctor and when i when i just grasp that every single day and i'm renewing my mind every single day it's allowing me uh to really walk in the truth that he said a set us you know in John 8, 32, he says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So discovering who I am, not outside of Christ, but in Christ, helps me to realize the power of uh, my identity in him, not in and of myself. And that changes everything. And it even helps me to win the battle of my own mind every single day. And I can take those thoughts captive when I want, because it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And and that's what I have to remind myself of every single day, and we do. And I think that's what helps us free our, ourselves from the burdens of our past and move forward into, you know, the future, you know, right here in the present. No, I love that, too. And uh, to me, that that's what I was trying to figure out with your story. You know, when we were doing some research on you, I watched some of your YouTube stuff and was checking mm. some of that stuff out. And I was like, man, this guy is fascinating to me because it feels like he had everything, you know, and, and even your own words today. You know, you really had a yeah. lot for you. You had a yeah. lot going on. And I'm thinking, yeah. why would he give up all of that? Why on earth would he give up all of that to well, go back to to sharing Jesus when he had all yeah. of that? That to me was so foreign to me. So I don't know if you want to speak to that at all, but but that to me was was fascinating. Bro, I'm I'm so glad you're like speaking into this because I'm when I began to think of the words of Solomon whenever he said meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. Like it's been like a sanctification process reminding me of one, the brevity of life, but how also things crash and burn, you know, relationships come and go, our hairs turn black or, you know, they're, they're, they go from black to gray, like everything, roses die, heroes cry, whatever it is, like every single day, things are vanishing and fading away. Like in literally, if I were to cling on to anything in this earth, you know, what profit is it, you know? So really this approach that I have these days is open hands, open hearts. Like I want, I just want Jesus, man. And 
I'm here just to steward, love, and serve, and give my life away. As tough as it is, uh, you know, to want to be, yeah, I've been learning a lot, man. It's just crazy. It's crazy when you begin to view this world the way God does and what the way it rightfully should be viewed. And that's what set me free, you know? I don't know. It's crazy. No, it is crazy. And and to me, again, I, I just think to myself, like, I, I don't know. I, I just think to myself, why why on earth would you want to give any of that up, you know, to, to go serve Jesus? I mean, there are those that would say, you probably need to get your head checked because you're making mm. money. You're, you're, you're living your dreams. You're, you know, you're, you're probably about to sign with a record deal if you're working with soldier boy. I mean, by the way, I got to like ask my 13 year old who that is. Cause I'm, I'm not really <laughs> familiar with him. So uh, either that dates me or, or something, I'm not really sure. I, I think I've heard yeah. of him. I'm not positive, but like, yeah. <laughs> but my soldier boy, who nah, he had a, a okay. bunch, he had a several Grammy award songs back in the day. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. So I'm really dating myself then is what you're telling me, right? No, I'm, I'm just no. too old for this. No, no, not at all, bro. I don't think you're probably better off not really knowing right now. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so going back to LA, like what was the wake up call in LA? What was the alarm that went off that you're like, man, th- this is, this is not it. And, and to me, um, you know, if, if we look in Luke, Right. And I know you've quoted a lot of scripture today, but in Luke chapter 15, verse 11, we talk about the prodigal son. Right. He comes to the end of himself. He's actually feeding pigs, which if you know the context and, and if you if you don't mind, do you, do you have your Bible handy with you, by the way? Do you, do you have something that you could read this? For yeah. Me? All right. Yeah. So let's go to Luke. Uh, let's go to Luke 15, uh, 15, 15. Let, let's okay. do you mind reading that Luke 15, 15? Love you got a second? It. I, can, right. I can read it right now. I'm going yeah. right over trying to get right. that quick. Okay. All right. No worries. I'm here now. So, right. so uh, yeah, Luke 15, 15. Okay. Love it. So here we go. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Yeah. Go ahead and read 16 and, and, uh, and, and 17. Yeah. 17 and 18. Yeah. So uh, let's go 15 to 18. 16. He He longed to fill his stomach with pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. See, I picked that Ow. passage. I picked that passage on purpose because when I'm hearing your story, I'm hearing this again. Maybe this is me being judgy. So, you know, maybe I need to reread the Bible because I think, you know, I might be sitting in a seat of judgment and I'm not. I promise I'm not. But mm, I no. want to ask this because I, I think to myself, at 11, you had an opportunity to come to Jesus and really, you know, get out of that, that, uh, doldrum and that dungeon and that darkness and that awfulness that you were in and something pulled you out of that right someone yes. pulled you out of that and then we fast forward to you know at 17 you're shot left for dead uh virtually guy comes along and saves you that didn't wake you up you go out to 
LA and you have really the pride of life and the hunger of eyes and you're just yeah. indulging in anything you can and everything you can. Now it was that hiding more pain from when you were 11. Some would say maybe some would say you're still trying to find your identity, especially being, uh, you called yourself the millennial, right? Trying to find yeah. yourself, trying to make a name, trying to get yourself on a platform. Yes. Trying to, trying to build up Richard rather than build up him, him being exactly. Jesus. Right. Yeah. Yep. So where exactly was that right. where was that moment where you know we talk about in verse 17 where he says he came to the end of his senses and he said how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I am starving to death. Where was that starving to death moment for you? So yeah the the starving to moment uh the the starving to death moment for me came when I realized you know the G wagon couldn't do it. The, the, the woman couldn't do it. The women, you know, the porn industry that, you know, the lady that I was talking to who was actually in the porn industry and like money didn't do it. None of it did it. And I was starving when I was really hungry for something, a new taste buds on the tongue of my heart. I needed a whole new taste bud for something new and fresh. And God knew exactly who that was. It was himself. I needed his mercy. I needed his kindness. I needed to be revealed his love. And, 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 and knowing, you know, what I know now, it's reminds me of what exactly what, uh, what, what David said in Psalms 40, where he said, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned and he heard my cry again. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire and then he sets my foot on the rock and he gives me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth. He gave me, you know, a new song, uh, but also a hymn of praise to our God. And many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. But it's just this beautiful thing is when we cry out to the Lord, you know, he will hear our cry. And not only that, he will lift us up. He will but first, we got to acknowledge our need for help, right? You know, this standpoint of wallow, wallow, wallowing in the mud suggests, like, I'm guessing a pig in a muddy sort of pen. Uh, we're not pigs, but oftentimes we can feel that way because of the dirt, be it anxiety, depression, anger, lust, jealousy, or just ju just the overwhelming, you know, sin and pain that we're in. And I just think... The good news is that that God, you know, just like he met him there and he came to him, his senses, he went home. And then when he got home, his father ran to him and, you know, embraced him, threw a robe on him. And there was a celebration. And that's what I've what I got to experience, you know, in that low and messy place. God met me there just like David, just like the prodigal son and 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 everything else was void. The pleasures were void, the power, the people, the places I visited. I could be in a PJ, private jet in my PJs, pajamas, but I was still empty. You know, the personal gain I was seeking for was in vain without, you know, without Jesus. And, um, and uh, yeah, it was just terrible. It, yeah, I came to my senses though. I'm so thankful that he opened up the, my heart. So first off, thanks for sharing that. And, and I mean that, thank Definitely. you. Right. It's, it's sometimes tough getting real. Yeah. Right? It's tough. But I want to get, I want to get real. Okay. Real. 
or has the or how how do the kids say it? Real, real, really real. Did I say it right? Really real. real. I want to get really, really real. Okay, I want to get really real. Again, you can take me back to that park. I I visually went there with you. You articulated that well. Like I'm in that moment with you, and I can't even imagine what that's like. Okay. So, yeah, you know, I don't want to go down the road of when you were 11, those dark places, the person that did those things to you, or maybe people that did those things to you when you were uh-huh. 11. I don't want to go there because that's too dark for me. That's way too dark. Definitely. But what I want to ask is, are you driving on I-5? Are you driving past, you know, Dodger Stadium? Are you are you in are you in uh, Staples Center one night? I mean, what was that moment, that exact moment that you're like, you know what? I'm in the pigsty. This is not my life. Love it. Man, so, Neil, that same night, I guess this is a continuation because here's what – Here's what happened. You remember when I was telling you I had the pistol in my mouth and I'm shaking and I'm profusely sort of sweating <laughs> and I'm literally I'm at the end of it. You know, the the again, the USC girl walked out of my life. It all seemed like everything was crashing and burning the same week. My best friend had just one of my friends had committed suicide. I had a few friends walk away uh, from me. Uh, also, on the the other end of things, it was just so much pressure from work in trying to maintain this fake facade that I had on out in Los Angeles, which is everyone's for the nitty gritty. Everyone's trying to climb the ladder. People, I mean, as much as, you know, there may be some light in, in, in their hearts and, you know, even at that time, we all have our, this selfish gain and these different things we're trying to do to get on top, even if it means t- pushing other people down on our way up. And I remember just thinking, like, what am I doing here? But it, when I had that pistol in my in my mouth, like you know, in and out of my mouth, I was thinking of two things. Number one, if I pull this trigger again, I'm going to have to meet my creator. Number two is I don't want to shoot myself right now and live through it and have to endure that same pain that I felt when I was 17. Because I know the the havoc that a bullet can wreck on a person's body, and I don't want to live through this. So either way, I'm going to meet the creator, the just God of the universe, and having to give an account, or I'm going to live through this again, and I'm going to be miserable, and my, half my face going to be blown off. So... Needless to say, here's where the big moment came. Out of nowhere, in this dark room, I'm in this dark place. I'm trying to tell myself to wait, just wait another few hours. Maybe the you know sunshine of a bright, sunny California morning will will, will change things in this cloud of depression and go. But but here's what came before that. There was a flash before my eyes. And there was a cell phone on the on, on my bed, and it was my phone, and I went and grabbed it, and I swiped right, and it was the only Christian girl that I had knew, uh, that I had followed, that I was friends with on Facebook at this time, who had just posted a post in the nick of, you know, on the brink of, you know, my suicide. And, and here's what it said, oh, how wide, how deep, how vast the love of God is, and nothing in all creation can separate us from this love that's found in Christ Jesus. And then as I was reading and reading, I began weeping and weeping. I read it like 20 times. And as I kept reading it, my heart began to soften more and more. 
And then uh, this brother right here had a face flooding with tears. And I, I, I began to just say, again, why am I here? I began to question God a lot like, you know, uh, uh, I was wrestling with God, wrestling with, with the Lord a lot like, uh, yeah, um, Jacob. And I began to go in the bed and I fall asleep and I had an OBE that night. And that was like, this is that last and final sign. OBE is an out-of-body experience. Uh, and I knew God, he had to do so, like he really had to open up my eyes and he did it through by the way of showing me that I'm a physical or well I'm a spiritual being housed in a physical body like this is dirt that I'm living in but we are spiritual beings and he gave me a glimpse on more of the spiritual side of things by allowing me to experience that OBE that same night and and here's where it was just like wow like when I woke up it was about four in the morning I was so scared after that experience. I turn on the light. I run back to the bed. I throw the covers over my head. And here's where things took a, a even greater turn. As I'm laying in bed, I began to think, you know, just all the things that isn't right with my life and trying to figure out what I need to do to get right with God. But he was slowly just guiding me along this journey as I continue to acknowledge him and acknowledge his name in Jesus and he gave me a prompting or uh, utterance within me to look underneath the bed. And this house that I was living in was a, a, a house where the eight, my agent put me in and it wasn't necessarily my house, but it was the agency's home that they would bring artists through frequently. And I look underneath this bed, right? So I pull out this suitcase I had never seen before. And this suitcase after I cracked it open, had a bunch of dirty, musty clothes i mean it was it didn't it wasn't a great suitcase at all but what was great was there was the the book uh that would awaken my soul do you know what book that was sitting on the top of the suitcase i have no idea i mean i have some guesses but i have no okay idea. it was the b-i-b-l-e yes that's the book for me i stand upon the word of god yes the b-i-b-l-e i i cracked open the book and as I read it, it, be it began to read me. I, I read this verse. I went to the red letters, and it took me straight here. The Lord took me straight here, straight to the red letters. And it said, oh, what is it profit a man to gain the whole world but yet lose his soul? And I began to read the teachings of Jesus and, um, you know, began to go through all these passages. was like uh, about denying ourselves and picking up our cross and following Jesus and things like that. Um, but... What really stuck out to me uh, was when I basically finished reading, I get I ended up going into, I got my book bag and I ended up going into the city bus that morning and I literally left everything there. And I'm, I stole that Bible that day. As a matter of fact, the Bible is the number one stolen book like ever. Like it is the number one stolen book in the world. And I stole that book that night, but I finally, you know, got to this place where I gave up on everything and I, the Bible became, it was gold to me at that point or, you know, and I, I literally took that bus all the way down to downtown LA. And when I got to downtown LA, I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to ride the Greyhound bus. I got a transfer and I rode the Greyhound bus all the way back to Oklahoma city with my face plastered in the word of God. And I kept reading it all the way until I got home and I began to share 
with, you know, a single mom with like three kids next to me. Has she heard anything about Jesus? We began to have conversations and, you know, homeless people that were on that bus. And it was just amazing. 24 hours, just my face in the word of God, uh, reading Proverbs. Many are the plans of a man's heart. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails And like I had many, many plans, but it was God's purpose that prevailed. And needless to say, I went home uh, back home, quote unquote, to Oklahoma. And I laid on my brother's floor. Uh, you know, he was a college student at the time. So, yeah, they had no furniture, really, besides the stuff in their rooms. And I just laid on his floor for like three, four months until you know, God began, you know, sort of to get me discipled and around the right men of God. And yeah, it changed everything though, bro. And I ended up working for a county jail. Then he gave me a heart for people again through that. And, and, um, I was a detention officer and I learned to share the gospel and become an evangelist in a jail. So it, it was a fun journey, but it was definitely one that took a lot of pruning and a lot of pain as he was purging things out of me. They needed to go. So, yeah, that's what it looked like, bro. <laughs> well, first off, thank you. Uh, that obviously f- finishes our dot to dot, if you will. Do, do you have a little extra time? Oh, yeah. Uh, we're, we're, okay. Definitely. I just want to make sure. All right. So, so a couple things come to mind when you're retelling that. So, I'm thinking about you going back on the Greyhound. Again, I can picture that. I can picture you in this, you know, probably a million dollar home in LA. Yeah with the gun in your mouth. I can picture that. I can, I can visually see you there. I'm thinking about you driving back on the Greyhound in Oklahoma, your phone blowing up. Rashad, where are you? Rashad, we need you for this deal. Mm. Rashad, you said you were going to do this. Rashad, this needs to get done. Why hasn't this gotten done? Uh, Text messages, emails, voicemails, perhaps as you come in and out of coverage, as you cross this great United States. Yeah. And what kept coming to mind is you're telling your story. Can we go back to the Bible? I know you like the oh, Bible. Oh, yeah, for sure. You, you said it, and you even sang it a little bit, yeah. right? So going back to this verse, do you know what this verse is? Matthew 10, 33. You know that one? If you don't have it memorized, it's okay. I'll, you can look it up. Matthew 10, 33? Yep, it's one of my favorites. Oh, Matthew 10. I, I, I actually, off the top, don't know. But once you say it, I'll know that, it. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. So, so I'll, I'll read it for you. So, so this is this is out of the Living Version for those that are curious about versions, and we can go down a really crazy trail on that. But, but whoever denies me here on earth, mm. I will also deny him before my Father. In wow, heaven. love that. There Ooh. are many passages in the Bible that haunt me, stay with me, stick to me. That one always has because. I never want to be in a situation or a place or, you know, whatever, an engagement, a conversation where I'm denying him. And so I'm thinking to myself, again, going back to your story, you've denied, 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 mm-hmm. denied. And there's this great guy, and I know you know him, but maybe not know him personally, but you know of him, you know, Peter. Yeah. Going back to a pinprick or a, or a pin dot Thursday night before even Good Friday Thursday night the the garden, he's out in the courtyard and Jesus even told him he said listen you're gonna deny me three times before the rooster crows Peter's like no 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 I'm I'm with you to the end I got you hashtag brother I'm with you for life wow right? yeah and what yeah. happens he denies him right we know the story you know the story true and Jesus in the rooster crows and Jesus looks at him. Scripture says he looks at him and Peter knows immediately what happened and he goes away and he weeps. 
Yeah. Because he realizes what he did was wrong. And I'm thinking about you in this whole time going from, again, L.A. to Oklahoma City. I'm guessing that was not just a you know three hour tour. <laughs> That's a Gilligan's Island reference, but but it took a while to uh, get there. How how yeah, much did sure. you have to deny the world, deny those people wanting to get That's your good. attention, deny that lifestyle to say no 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 no. I'm free. How how much did that take place? You know what? Thankfully, here's the thing. You know what? Thankfully. When I left that that night uh, to just leave everything at that home, I left my charger as well. I did take my phone, but I left my charger. And my phone was almost on E because I didn't charge it the night before. So I literally was at a place where I was phoneless for the next 24 hours that I was on buses and only with the Bible and the bus. And at this point, God began to use the Bible to – even, you know, for some reason, I believe one, once I acknowledged my sins, once I rep- was sorrowful and I repented of my sins throughout that process, God gave me this sense of grace to be able to put my trust in in, in Jesus as I was reading his words, and it began to transform me. I think like uh, Ezekiel talks about uh, in thirty six twenty four where he says, I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit. My desires began to change, not like all all, all, all of them overnight in a way, but I began to get to this place where God was charging me up by being connected with the source instead of all the resources that I was so used to clinging to over that span of 24 hours. But it was crazy. Once I stepped off that bus, it, I felt like a new, renewed man. And I was a whole new person. And I began when I got back on social media, which I set it down for a while, but I began to even my brother immediately and everyone, I began to share my story. I couldn't hold it in anymore. It was like the the Holy Spirit had filled me up like, you know, almost like the day of Pentecost. But I was still broken. You don't go from sunshine to daisies and suicide and all that to being some, you know, I don't, there was a sense that God was doing something new and fresh in me, but I still had, you know, things I was wrestling with, but there was just this innate passion to share what I'd had just experienced uh, from a new fresh place that I'd never had experienced before and it, sadly, I got a lot of backlash. Nobody believed me. My brothers was like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, you're you're Rashawn. You, you're not. Get out of here. And, like, my parents would do the same. Like, nobody believed me for, like, four years, four or five years that I was really walking this thing out. Uh, and, I mean, they've seen it through my life, you know, but they can't – they couldn't they couldn't take it for what it was because my past was just too crazy. And I think that's what happens to a lot of believers at first. It's just like, of course, you're going to get denied by the world all over. I lost tons of followers by that. And, you know, tons of people who said they were with me once I start proclaiming the name of Christ. It's a tough thing to do, but we don't live for people's opinions, but rather for God's truth and, you know, being obedient to him to please him, not the world. So, and and that changed everything over time. I just was like, I'm going to use everything for him, all these platforms. I had almost right under a million followers across all my platforms at that point. Uh, and 
they became gods because they weren't minds to begin with. Uh, and, you know, I'm thankful, yeah, that he humbled me. And, yeah, he gave me a new future, a new hope. So, and, yeah. Uh, last <laughs> question or, or maybe maybe last conversation as, as we try to wrap up because I want to be sensitive to your time. Oh, you're fine, okay. bro. Yeah. So can I can I ask something that's maybe inappropriate? Yeah, all right. definitely. Bro. All right, here we go. All, about all, right. all right, here we go. Yeah. So, how old are you? Right now, thirty-three. So, you mean to tell me you go twenty-four hours on a bus with a dead cell phone? Yeah. At thirty-three years old. Crazy. Oh no! When that happened. Yeah, yeah. I was I was twenty. Okay, so you mean oh, that's even better. So you mean to tell me at twenty-six you go twenty-four hours without a without a charged cell phone? Exactly on a bus. That in itself with, is a miracle. <laughs> I'm serious. No, I'm 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 playing a little bit, wow. but I'm playing a little bit, but I'm not. There's a point there. Um, I think, and and I'm my hands up on this. Uh, I'm shamefully admitting it, even on my own show. Uh, going 24 hours without my phone completely shut off. Boy, yeah. that would be, that would be hard. That would be hard. That would be extremely Woo. hard, and so that's why I'm asking. You know, at, at 26, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to fathom that, and it's like trying to do long division, you know, while blindfolded. And most people yeah. don't even know what long division is. They're going to have to Google that because of this new Common Core math. But that's another story. But I, <laughs> but I say that to say this is that 24 hours on a bus, and all you have yeah. is this Bible that you stole, which I love. That's a great story, by the way. Um, yeah. But going 24 hours without without your phone, without even wanting to know. So so then take me back. You're in Oklahoma City. You're living on the floor. You know, you, you, okay. you're, you're the prodigal life. You expect, you know, maybe not expect, but but you're just trying to get whole and, and healthy again, right? Yes, getting, getting, yes, 100%. Getting rid of everything. I mean, why do you think the Israelites spent 40 years in the, in the desert? Well, because yeah. they were disobedient yeah. and also... God was trying to get Egypt out of them. Mm. God was trying to mm. get Egypt out of them. And so you're trying to get LA out of you. You're trying to get Rashad yes. out of Rashad. I know that sounds weird to say it that way, but you're trying to deny yeah. yourself and pick up his cross and, and follow him daily. And it, and it sounds like you were trying to do that. But again, I'm thinking once that phone got fully charged, if you have all these people and all these people following you right or wrong, that's not my opinion, uh, or that's not my my place to give my opinion there. But man, that phone must have just lit up like a Christmas tree with messages and notifications and taggings and, yeah. and so how did you combat all of that to not walk back in this sense to Egypt, to not walk back yeah. to to what you had, because as much as the Israelites were slaves, that's what the Bible says. Not not that you're a slave, but you you know what I mean, because you're not. But but yeah. you were a slave to those things. You had to true. leave that. Very you had true. to leave. You had to walk away from that that lifestyle that kept you in bondage. Yeah. And so what happened once there, you got that phone fully charged? Love that. You know what? Attention is the one of the most valuable commodities ever, right? And at this point, as I'm leaving. LA, I was now in tune, or God had my attention. I was an audience of one, essentially. And also, 
when someone's going through depression, I was going through deep, deep depression at that time. I wanted to hide from the world. I wanted to hide from everyone, even if it cut off, cut off all, it cut off all my business deals. Like there was not like at that point, I, I didn't, I didn't want anything to do with the world. And I went into hiding and I even to the point turned all my avies, you know, this was our, you know, Twitter pictures, profile pictures into black dots, like where I'm, I'm gone. Like, literally and it was like more out of a depression a deep dark place and i even turned my pictures dark on social media and i end up going sort of a wall from everything for like maybe was it about three months or something where i was just straight off social media i was off everything disconnected from the world however i did have my phone there were temptations you know when i'm back in my hometown and people began to see me out they began to you know, see me, you know, with different associates, family members, you know, then there's those influences that aren't good for me that came around. But at the end of the day, by the grace of God, he gave me sort of the courage and strength to walk back into a church. And I went into the the right church the first time that had amazing men of God who discipled me, who watched me with the word, who encouraged me through the days where I didn't want like, cause there's a moment where you come to Christ and everything is, is good. You know, everything is great. But when you walk through the suffering part, that's when people want to shrink back. But I'm so thankful that God uses people in the men of God to, you know, sort of help you grow in your understanding and knowledge of him and, you know, the word and, and why we face these things. And God gave me a teachable, humble spirit that wanted to learn and, 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 and he also built my faith by, using people to fuel my soul through, you know, the word of God and teaching and worship. And like, it changed everything for me, how I viewed. And I went, I yeah, pretty much went in hiding to say the least. And I, I stayed away from like, I think it goes back to Psalms one, blessed are those who do not walk in step with the wicked nor sit in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but blessed are those who meditate on God's word day and night, for they will be prosperous and successful in all they do. And I think that's where I was literally able to to, to shine. I was in, you know, as far as, you know, the light of the glory of the gospel to shine through me because it was about association for me at that point. You know, I mean, I still, I, I couldn't even go out and be with a lot of sinners at that point. I was just too, go like, I don't want to say go or well, I was too, uh, I was like fresh meat as a, as a, I was a baby Christian. So I needed to be around, you know, people who were going to build me up in the faith. Uh, and then there were times where, you know, God sent me out in the County jail, but he had me ready. He grew me a lot there as a, as a CO officer working with murderers all the way to Thunder cheerleaders that just got a DUI, NBA cheerleaders that just got a DUI and learning how to uh, minister to them and love on them and meet them where they are. And that's where a lot of the books start where you are was birthed as well uh, through those that ministry within that jail. Yeah, which is fascinating. So, um, yeah, that that's that's how it sort of went, Neil. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. So uh, as we wrap up, because because yes. we've gone over a little bit and. 
Richard's been so gracious with his time and, and I want to send him on his way with, uh, with some well wishes, but, but last question. And, and then I want to give you an opportunity to talk about the book and where people can get it and all that stuff. So last question, okay. uh, we'll talk about the book and then we'll play a game. Cause it's fun to end with a game, right? We like games. Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I love all right. It. So here we go. So last question, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as a man who pleased God and uh, in, in, in loved God and loved people. And and that's about it. Yeah, really simple okay. as that. All right, man. That's great. Yeah. So uh, so how do people get a hold of the book and uh, and where can they get it and all that? Awesome. Anywhere you uh, buy books, uh, you can grab it like Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, uh, just yeah, anywhere. Uh, the Ford's by Manny Pacquiao. So I don't know how many of you guys may like some boxing, but he's he's an awesome man. I got. I've been a missionary in the Philippines for like three years now. And uh, yeah, so he ha- he wrote a he has a powerful story as well and an amazing testimony. And he wrote the Ford. It's a powerful uh, book because it points to Christ and it's a, like a crush course crush course to salvation. Uh, and all of it points to you know the gospel. So trying to get it out there in the world, hopefully, <laughs> you know, just to help some people, whoever, even if it's one to three people. <laughs> Man. Got it. Thanks so much. And we, of course, will link all of that in our show notes, how you can get a hold of his book. And uh, so we're excited to get that information in your hands. So here's our game awesome. we like to call Senseless. So this is just a fun nice. way that we end the show. So we got, uh, you do know, Richard, we have uh, five senses, right? You're, you're aware of that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just checking. Ooh, I don't want to watch. Just, just okay. checking. I, I just want to make sure. Some some people are still maybe on the fence on that. So we have, uh, of course, five uh, senses, and then six is our wild card. So we got a die here. North Carolina light blue cup, by the way. Oh, I love it when this number comes up. So I rolled for you because you're in the other O state, uh, Oklahoma, not in Oregon. Also not to be confused with Ohio. So there are O states, in case you were wondering. So gotcha. number six is this. You get dinner or lunch or breakfast, your choice. You get a meal with one person, dead or alive. Who would it be and why? So where are you going to eat and then who are you going to go with, dead or alive? Amazing. So I would go to the Mediterranean Sea. Outside of going with, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, I would go with Yeah, I was just going to say that's the easy answer, right? Jesus, right? I'd go with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I would go with Apostle Paul because I'm fascinated by his life, and I would love to hear stories about him being uh, shipwrecked over off the Mediterranean, and you know, just his life and 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 journey. I feel like I, he's one of the most interesting people who ever ever walked the planet. Of course, outside of Jesus, uh, and I think yeah, Solomon would be someone else, but uh that i would love to sit down with and because he was so wise on different levels so uh so richard thanks so much for coming on we appreciate it so much just want to say uh thank you thank you for giving us some moments today we of course will link all of your book information in our show notes and and would love to uh to hopefully have people get information in their hands or provide information in their hands so they can get a hold of your book you get one final thought and then i'll close how's that 
Yes. Okay. Awesome, bro. So thankful for the opportunity to speak into one you and your audience and, you know, share my story. And I just want to let anyone out there uh, know, again, start where you are. You know, you're not too far to be reached, not too broken to be fixed, not too dirty to be cleansed and not too unworthy to be loved. Uh, God, God, he can meet you wherever you are today. So just be encouraged by that and know that this is just the beginning. He can make all things new. Just, just run to him, okay? Woo! That's it, man. <laughs> I love that. Love that so much. Uh, guys, uh, thank you again, Richard. Thanks for coming on. And guys, I just want to close with this just simple thought. Right? We don't know someone's story. We don't know where they've been. We don't know where they've walked. And, and to me, it's so awesome that when you finally get to know somebody, you get to see that there's more to the story. There's more than than beyond what you see. You know, we, we often say, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. You really got to judge it by its content. And I think today, you know, we can look into Richard's life and we can see that there has been substantial content and there's some substantial changes. And guys, I just want to encourage you, you know, if you're interested in the book, again, check out the show notes. That'll be available for you. We, of course, would love for you to do that. And uh, we, we just, uh, we're so excited that we got an opportunity to sit with him today. So just remember, guys, when you walk in other people's shoes, you really do get a different perspective on life. On behalf of executive producer Garrett and myself, Neil Matthews, we, of course, want to invite you back next week as we try on other people's shoes. Thank you so much for joining us on Other People's Shoes. As you know, I'm your host, Neil Matthews. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I am so excited that we got a chance again to sit with Rashawn. Uh, guys, he is an amazing young man and he's doing amazing stuff. So if you guys are interested in learning not only more about his book, but what he's doing on social media, we of course have linked all of that in our show notes. By the way, the book name, just to give you some more information, start where you are. So guys, I don't know about you. Sometimes we just have to start where we are and go forward. Great perspective, great insight today. So I want to thank him so much for that. Speaking of thanking people, I want to thank my very good friend, Adria Wilkins. She wrote a book, Joy Box Journal, and we gave that away last month. So hopefully you were part of that. But we want to thank Adria right now. She turned us on to this amazing lady named Evelyn. And we're going to talk to Evelyn next week. In fact, here's a little sneak preview of next week's episode. He he did mention abortion at that point. Uh, and we, my husband and I both were like, no, absolutely not. Not a consideration. We're not going there. Um, but And the doctor was actually very kind and respectful and left it there. And then he said something else to go along with what the nurse said. He said, um, do you have faith? And um, I started tearing up because no doctor had asked me that yet or nurse or what have you. And I said, yes, you know, we have faith. That is right. We are going out to the great state of Florida. Now, of course, we're going in our imagination, but I have been out there multiple times. In fact, I've booked us first class tickets, so we're going to fly out there next week. Again, in our imagination, don't freak out. I know COVID's still going on. We are super excited to sit with Evelyn next week and hear more about her amazing son, Samuel, and uh, you'll learn more about him next week in next week's episode. Of course, that happens on Wednesday. Wednesday where? OPSpodcast.com. Each and every Wednesday, they're available for you there. Please, if you are interested in hearing more about our show or would like to give us some feedback or maybe even would like to be a future guest like Evelyn, right? please reach out to us at 203-548-7463. That's 
548-7463. That, of course, is a voicemail and text-friendly line, and we, of course, would love to hear from you. Speaking of loving to hear from you, we, of course, are on the big three on social media. That, of course, being Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would love for you to like us, follow us, and tweet us there. Each and every day, we do post daily an inspirational quote, something to kind of get you motivated, get you going, and uh, we, of course, would love to interact with you on social media there. Of course, on behalf of executive producer Garrett and myself, Neil Matthews, we, of course, want to say thank you so much for listening and guys remember when you walk in other people's shoes you really do get a different perspective on life until next wednesday when we get a chance to walk in other people's shoes